One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, good morning, good day. Glad you could join us. Uh, This is part nine of our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series. Uh, You know, if you haven't been uh, following along with us, I I, uh, encourage you to go back from the beginning and, and start through this. Um, start with episode one of the Wisdom Filled Warrior series. We are digging deep into, um, I believe, a call that the Lord has in this hour for the awakening of deliverers. And the foundational element of a of a deliverer is being absolutely dependent on the Holy Spirit and knowing the Holy Spirit, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Jesus said every correction in every correction in the in the book of Revelation to the seven churches in chapter 2, 3 and 4. He said if you can hear what the spirit is saying. Okay? So truth is spiritual. I want to we want to really establish the fact that truth is spiritual. You have to know in your heart that you were actually uh delivered by Christ through the cross through the spilling of his blood. Um, not only in the death, but in the resurrection. And the only way you can be resurrected is by the Holy Ghost, meaning that you no longer walk as a mere man. You no, long, you no longer walk like the rest of the people of the earth. You are supernatural, right? You are a supernatural creature. And so the foundational element of being a supernatural creature is that you have to realize that truth is from the Holy Spirit. And we're going to dig into some examples biblically um, where uh, Paul actually had to rely fully on the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth, to actually uh, discern and recognize the deception that was all around him, okay? And, and we're no different than Paul, okay? Every one of us have a call of God on our life. It doesn't matter if you're called to one person, if you're called to people coming to your kitchen table, if you're calling... Uh, to minister with people in your living room. Um, We are the body of Christ and every person has a call. Um, Some of you are going to, you know, lead churches. Some of you are going to um, be sent on the mission field. Um, But we're all as believers called to do the supernatural. Okay. That is, that is a key element of, of the evidence of you knowing the Holy Spirit, doing the impossible. Amen. And so, I want to take a minute and review the importance that we talked about last time of the gift of tongues and how the gift of tongues is pure, right? It bypasses all our inabilities. We talked about um, that, you know, in Romans eight twenty six, we have access into the Holy of Holies to see the Lord face to face by the Holy Spirit and to hear the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit overcomes our weakness, overcomes the limitations of the flesh, making us supernatural by the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Um, And we referenced last time that the Lord's intent is to make his army supernatural, right? He will rise up for plunder to restore the power of the Holy Spirit on the earth, and he does it through people like you, 
right? He does it through people who will lay down every religious thing that and traditional thing that they grew up in and say, you know what? That really isn't about the power of the Lord. That's really about denominationalism. That's really about routines and practices and, and trying to achieve. And, and the Lord is literally saying, listen, I'm, I'm going to awaken deliverers who respond to my call to hear my voice, who respond to my call to go deep in the Holy Spirit, to learn the presence of God and to hear his voice. And one of the ways he does that is, uh, through the, outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the uh, with the impartation of the gift of tongues, okay? Man cannot create tongues on their own. Anything that's created on your own is not of the Holy Spirit. So um, the flow of the Holy Spirit is actually evidence of his presence and actually you recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm weak without the Holy Spirit. How do I engage? How do I embark? How do I pull on the Holy Spirit, right? We talked last time that when you pray in tongues that... Uh, it's it's as a mother responds to the child crying. When the child cries, when they pray in the spirit, in the pure language, the milk flows, right? Revelation is automatic. It's not if. The only if is whether or not you will embrace the gift, the gift of praying in the spirit to receive the pure impartation of revelation, the pure voice of the Lord to... Um, deal with your situations in life, to awaken you, deliver you, um, and eventually equip you fully to fulfill Zephaniah 3, 8, and 9, which is the awakening of spirit-filled believers with the intent of the Lord to dominate the earth, right? You are called to be a warrior in the garden, to invade and expand the garden. You're not called to be a gardener in a war, basically sitting there oblivious to the reality that Jesus came to give you the Holy Spirit to make you supernatural. You're not called to just sit in a pew and listen to a guy do a 10-minute sermonette every week. You're called to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, made a warrior in Christ, and sent to do this supernatural work of the gospel. That's every believer, okay? Contrary to some of the teaching or some of your perception, it's not about the call of Christ the call of Christ is on certain people as an apostle, evangelist, pastor, um, teacher, and prophet. Okay, those are the five. That's the fivefold ministry calls of God that those people are actually given. They've given their life. Okay, um, those are calls of Christ. The First Corinthians twelve, verse one through eleven, gifts of the Spirit are for all believers. Those are those are impartations of the Spirit. Those are abilities of the Spirit. Every believer is called to do the supernatural work of the ministry. Okay. And so, um, if you, if you realize there's a call of God on your life as a believer, we are all believers. Okay. The Lord has sent me in seasons as an evangelist to, to India. He's called me as a prophet to minister to pastors in America and India. Um, it's, it's the reestablishing. What I do is to reestablish correct doctrine or correct uh, ways of the spirit, right? Everything I'm teaching you in this series is about being spirit-led, spirit-connected, learning the voice of the Lord, which makes you all supernatural, okay? That's, that's, a, that's the call of God that's on my life. I'm called to equip people and impart to people that ability, okay? But that doesn't mean that if you don't do that, that you're not called, okay? What I want to emphasize is as a believer, every person is equipped 
or has the ability to receive the Holy Spirit and to function in every gift of the Spirit, okay? The gifts of the Spirit are for everybody. And so every one of you have some aspect of the delivering nature of Christ in your work, in your own life, in your family's life, in the people around you. There is a call of God on your life and he equips you with supernatural gifts. And one of the most important elements is to recognize what truth is and where truth comes from, okay? Jesus called revelation from the Father truth, okay? When he was, I've referenced this several times, but it's foundational. In John 5, whenever Jesus is in uh, confrontation with the Pharisees, the Pharisees thought truth was biblical and they could twist and turn it any way they wanted it. Right. It says it says in in Matthew 23 and and really a lot of the argument places in the four Gospels where Jesus is confronting the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought truth was what they wanted to make it, which was actually self-righteous. And Jesus said, no, no, I function by a different operating system. My truth comes from my father in heaven. Right. John, John 5, 19, it says that Jesus, his own words were, I only do what I see my father doing, meaning I only do what the spirit of God is revealing to me, meaning I get the vision from my father. He sends me here. I get the vision from my father. I go do this. I get the vision from my father and I discern and know what he is revealing to me. Right. That is a gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. Those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you have the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost and to receive the power, the the vision of the Lord, which gives you exousia, remember, right? We've talked about authority coming from the vision. And when you speak the vision, you release power, kratos, right? The, the ability to reorder or to judge the darkness and reordering it according to the vision of the Lord. That's what prophecy is. And every one of you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, are called to function in that truth, okay? And so it's important that you don't function in a deceived manner, right? Just because something appears righteous or looks biblical doesn't mean it's truth. Remember, Jesus said truth comes from the vision, meaning that it's time-sensitive, it's situation-sensitive, There's a wisdom aspect to it that requires you to discern the moment, okay? And so religion calls truth basically what they think or what they perceive. And um, that's not necessarily true. The Bible in the book of James, it actually says that Satan knows the word of God. He knows what the Bible says, and he uses it to his advantage. He, He actually twists scripture to put weight on people, to weigh them down, to uh, create traditions and denominational perspectives, okay? And Jesus act, Jesus said, no, it's a lot more simple than that, guys. And I'm going to read you a scripture here in John 14, starting with verse 16. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, I will pray to the Father. He will give you another helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, that he may uh, abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. What have we talked about in the last two or three sessions? Seeing in the spirit and knowing him, right? We talked about not simply knowing about him, but knowing the Holy Ghost. 
literally knowing the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, you will know the Holy Ghost. I will give him to you. And those of you who embrace him will know him and see the vision from the Spirit. Okay, and Jesus is referencing that concept in verse 17. And I'll continue. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's talking about literally... Um, being raised up a spirit man, right? Jesus is in the flesh. He goes to the cross. He takes the keys of life and death. He carries all authority, all power. When he's resurrected from the grave by the Holy Ghost, he's raised up a spirit man. He's raised up supernatural. It's a, it's a picture of you being born again, okay? All that, the, the dream and the stuff that I shared in the last session about the sword of the spirit, literally cutting you open, cutting you and, and empowering you to no longer be earthbound, but heavenly bound, right? You are connected by the Holy Spirit to the heart of the Father, who is a spirit, right? Paul called this world temporal. It, it's physical, right? But the spirit world is forever. So you are going to um, become a spirit man here, born again, or you are going to remain entombed in this place unto death, okay? And I don't want to get into that too much deeper, but you get my pic you get the picture, right? The theme of resurrection is supernatural. And just about every message that I have in this series has a supernatural uh, context to it that you have to wrap your mind around. When Jesus says, repent, he's actually telling you, don't think as a natural man under natural limitations. He's actually saying in the renewing of your mind, you think spiritually because you've received the Holy Spirit and you know him and you see him. You are, you can spiritually discern because you receive the gifts of the spirit and you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. So you can access him anytime you want. That's your heart. That's, that's the will uh, that's the that's the choice that the Lord gives you to choose in your repentance. If you will be a spiritual man, or if you will remain a natural man, limited, bound, entombed by the confinement of this world. Amen. Are you with me? All right. So verse twenty. Um, that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Meaning you are one. You are all made spiritual, right? He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Okay, so Jesus says, I will personally reveal myself in you knowing me and me knowing you. Okay, you know, people have emailed me during this season a lot or during this series a lot saying, where do you get all these detailed visions? Where do you, how do you prophesy this stuff? All I can tell you is I prayed in tongues. I desperately sought the Lord. I prayed in tongues for hours and hours a day. And the Lord began to reveal in very detail, very long encounters in heaven, um, very long uh, explanations of scripture. And, and the spiritual meaning versus twists and turns and all that stuff, okay? Um, and so I just encourage you guys, 
The only thing limiting you, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, the only thing limit, limiting you is your pursuit. Okay? You are not supposed to be pastor dependent and even church dependent. You are supposed to be Holy Ghost dependent. That you know him and you see him. Amen? But I want to focus real closely on what Jesus meant here in verse 21. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, I will reveal myself to him. A lot of people read this word commandment and they default think like a man. They default think, okay, well, I just have to line up to scripture. Okay, I just have to achieve scripture. I just have to know what the scripture says and do it. And that is that is so opposite of the truth of what the meaning of this is. It's not even funny, okay? The root word of the word commandment is the is the word telos. It's where we get our uh uh the pro- the prophetic right? Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He reveals the future. He reveals the time. He reveals the moment. It's the telos. From above, from your heavenly view, there's there's an access to a supernatural telescope that will define the spiritual condition or the spiritual state that you are in or where you are going, what you're to do, everything, right? So he's he's actually what he act, is actually saying here guys is that if you are in the spirit and you hear his voice you see his vision because you know him and obey it it's as if Christ is here with you you actually because you obey him and and you know what he is saying he is present right and so when I prophesy to people, people say, well, why, when you prophesy, why do people start to shake? Why do they cry? Why do demons uh, manifest? Why are they driven out? Because it's Jesus present, the word of God present. Jesus is the word in heaven. And when you tell us, whenever you are connected to the Lord in a heavenly spirit man connection, and he shows you what he wants to say, what he wants to do. It's as if he is present and he is the one driving out the demon, breaking people free from strongholds, tearing down, rooting up, destroying evil and building and planting his kingdom in the heart of men as you prophesy his vision. Okay. And so it's all connected to you putting value on what is Jesus saying? What is his vision? What is he going to do today? What's going to happen? That is what makes you supernatural. Okay? And that the promise is if you are connected to my heart and know what I am saying and release what I'm saying, obeying me, I will be with you. I will manifest myself to you and to the people around you. And you will deliver people. Are you with me, church? Come on, man. I mean, if you could grab hold of what I just said in the last 15 minutes and totally dedicate your life to praying in the Holy Ghost, hearing the voice, knowing and being sensitive to the Spirit. What if you were to literally set aside a time and a, a place for the next three months, six months, one year and said, you know what? I don't care what's going on church wise whatever. I am going to learn to sustain and be filled and be have this pure river of life flowing into me from the heavenly realm through the Holy Ghost, this amazing gift that the Lord gave me, and I'm going to learn to discern according to what the Lord is saying. Okay? I just mapped out a war plan for you that will change your life, guys. Who Who's going to jump on board? 
You don't have to answer that now, but the Holy Ghost will convict you of that in the next days and weeks because his intent is to make you supernatural. Amen. And just one more point of emphasis. Um, when you get the vision of the Lord and you are embodying the Holy Spirit, um, the spirit of truth judges the enemy, right? That when you prophesy what the vision of the Lord is, you are literally judging the darkness. And the darkness cannot stop the light. Remember, the darkness is a victim of the light. Uh, okay, so no longer should you have a victim mentality. You should have a dominion, judging, dominating the darkness mentality. And all it takes is for you to get the vision of the Lord. So John 16, verse 11, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about this, is to judge the darkness, to judge Satan. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Because, my God, when I when the Lord revealed that to me, that I could be in line, in love, in the presence of the Lord, He would reveal to me, and I could cast demons out of people, cast demons out of me, cast demons out of the, my family, cast demons out of people everywhere I went because I was prophesying what the Lord was saying. My God, you want to talk about purpose? My God, you have a purpose. You have a purpose to judge the very limitation of the world that's upon you and the people around you. Amen. So whether you acknowledge it or not, you are in a war. You were born into a war and the Holy Ghost is, is literally uh, begging, literally tugging on your heart to put on your weapons of war, to go to war, to recognize you're in a war. And that you have to stand, and not only stand, you have to literally begin to wield your sword, the rhema, the vision of the Lord. And and your enemy will fear you. Principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness will fear you, right? It's actually the learning of discernment. And so I want to talk about um, this concept of discernment. Um, because discernment, discerning the Spirit is central to you recognizing truth, right? Truth is spiritual. It's not simply something out of the Bible or something that appears to be true. It's what the Holy Ghost is discerning or revealing to you in the moment, okay? And I'm going to build on the concept of biblical truth and, and spiritual truth. And I'm going to, let, let's go to Acts chapter 16, okay? Paul is in the region of Macedonia, Okay, it's in a region that is, uh, they worship the Queen of Heaven, or they call it Lady Diana. Um, it's basically devil worship. It's open. The culture is inundated with witches, warlocks, spiritists. Um, they worship the Greek god Pan. They worship um, all of these uh, Greek gods, right? They're inundated with idol worship. Okay? Um, the area is flooded with demonic presence, demonic manipulation, okay? And so Paul goes into this region, and uh, he walks in. I'm going to pick this up. This is Acts 16, verse 16 to 18, okay? It says, Now it happened that as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, and she brought her owners a good prophet, by fortune-telling, okay? Fortune-telling 
is basically a perverted use of, of the gift of prophecy. It's, it's the same function, but by a, a spirit of divination, a manipulating spirit. Okay. It says she followed after Paul and us and kept screaming and shouting. These men are servants of the most high God. They are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for several days. Then Paul, being greatly annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit. He didn't talk to the girl. He spoke to the spirit. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out of her in that very moment. Now, how many of you in this particular situation would have said, well, yeah, I, I am a man of God. I am a son. I am a daughter of the Most High. Thanks for recognizing that. Thanks for, thanks for speaking that out loud. <laughs> but guess what? Paul wasn't functioning on what she was saying necessarily, even though it was from a worldly perspective. Paul was a man of God, right? But Paul was functioning in discernment. He recognized a spirit, a manipulative spirit who takes something that is true with an intent to control, strangle, and kill. The word, um, the word for divination is the Greek word pythos or python. It means to constrict. It means to, it means to remove the breath of a person, Okay. We talked a lot about the breath being significant, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God is the breath of God. Is the, it is the very life, life in the Spirit, right, that makes you supernatural. And this deceiving Spirit was coming to try to constrict Paul, manipulate Paul, confine Paul, keep him bound and limited, right? What would have happened if Paul would not have recognized the spirit of divination working through this girl, and Paul actually um, brought her in the church, so to speak, brought her in and, without delivering her, but let her sit there, become friends with her. And the next thing you know, Paul's ministry is entombed, it's enchained, it's constricted, it's limited because Paul is under the spell of a flirting spirit, a spirit that is trying to get on Paul's good side by saying something that appears to be true to men. But guess what? Paul, when, when it says that Paul was worn out, okay, Paul, that, that concept of being worn out, it's actually, Paul was recognizing heaviness. He was recognizing that although she was saying something that appeared true to man, its intent was to constrict there was heaviness, right? Paul, it says he was worn out. There was a heavy thing that came on Paul day after day as she kept telling everybody, hey, this is a man of God. He's a great man of God. He's amazing. He's awesome. And Paul turns around and says, no, 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 you're not deceiving me. Guess what? By the spirit of truth, I know that you are Python. You are the spirit of divination, and I command you to come out, right? Come out in the name of Jesus. Come out in the name of Jesus. And so Paul wasn't tricked 
by something that appeared true. This is a very important concept for you as a new spiritual person or, or a person even growing in the spirit um, to literally embrace the Holy Spirit. And the reason why you should stop what you're doing right now and literally change your spiritual life to embrace fully the Holy Ghost. Okay? Your life depends on it. Your call of God depends on it. Your awakening depends on it. Your uh, anointing depends on it. Satan, Satan's not afraid of a person that goes to the altar and receives Jesus um, in quotes. Okay? He's afraid of a person who's baptized in the Holy Ghost, hears the voice of God, and changes the way they walk according to the vision and knowing Christ, the Spirit of God, and can discern the enemies of God, right? Um, again, I'm going to go back to the book of James. Satan knows what the Bible says, but he twists and manipulates it to control you, okay? Just like this girl used truth to manipulate and control Paul, Paul recognized it was a spirit of divination, right? And he, he cast it out, okay? And so, you know, there's all kinds of books and stuff on the spirit of Python. I encourage you to, to read a lot about them because um, Python is essentially a religious constriction. It is a supernatural force that is designed to confine and limit the church. And it uses um, the concept of getting people to trust solely on Bible scripture without the Holy Ghost. Okay, and we're going to get into that here in a minute, a little deeper, but um, it's a very important topic. Um, I mean, maybe maybe something to articulate this concept of saying something that's true with an intent to control and manipulate you. Let's look at the news, right? Turn on CNN. I mean, I can't tell you how many people in the last year, 18 months, since the onslaught of all the turmoil in our government, and you could tell there's actually two sides, right? There's, and I'm not saying Republican is right. I'm not saying Democrats right. I'm saying the spirit of God is right. And there's a demonic kingdom that actually uses both sides for its intent to manipulate, control, and remove freedom. Okay. And if you turn on CNN and you watch it for 15 minutes, there's a reason why Hundreds of thousands of people are literally saying, you know what? I will never, ever watch that ever again in my life because I feel something heavy. I feel a constriction. There is like, I feel this ooze coming on me and, you know, for 15 minutes when I watch these guys, you know why? Because they're the, the pulpit of, of the American news industry is not just giving you news. It's giving you a propaganda. It's giving you an agenda. They're speaking to you through an agenda. They're speaking to you through a lens of manipulation. It's a divining spirit meant to control you. It's meant to um, cause fear in you, cause mistrust, cause false reliance. It's a propaganda tool, okay? And a lot of you, if you shut your eyes... You're like, oh my gosh, I'm severely angry when I when I watch news for 15 minutes. I get I feel this heaviness. I feel this amazing fear. I feel this that is a spirit of divination. Okay? 
It's a witchcraft. It's a, it is divining you. It is constricting you. That's what Python does. It constricts you, right? And it ultimately manipulates your thinking. You stop um, feeling peace. You stop feeling joy. It actually steals that by constricting you and imparting to you fear, anger, uh, resentment, uh, wh whatever side you're on, there's a resentment, okay? And it actually keeps control of you then and actually keeps you from being able to discern, okay? It's a tomb. It, it, it is a prison cell, so to speak. And so the key element here, guys, is absolute trust and reliance on the Holy Spirit, being able to discern what is really true. Um, it's not just simply turning off the news, okay? Turning off the news, the source can get you so far. But the separation from, from that is like a first step. The ultimate goal, guys, is what Paul what empowered Paul, and that is the gift of discernment, the, the ability to discern what it was true by the Spirit of God revealing to him through vision and knowing him that Jesus himself came into the picture and cast the demon out of the slave girl. Amen? So, the point is, discernment, you've got to have discernment. Discernment is a key element of actually what's called righteous, righteous judgment. Um, righteous judgment is is uh, really the way Jesus functioned, okay? Righteous judgment is the way um, discernment allows you to have dominion over demonic powers. And this is what I mean by this, okay? In, in Isaiah 11, the Bible says, um, and this was a prophecy of Jesus, the Messiah coming, it says that the sevenfold Spirit of God, which included the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, revelation, um, and the spirit of knowledge, which we talked about last time. The knowledge is actually a spirit, true knowledge. You've got to know this current situation through discerning what the Lord is saying. So, so you have the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord comes from the spirit of, of knowledge. So truth, as you are in the spirit of truth, the spirit of knowledge, knowing him, and you see his vision, the fear of God will follow you. You actually are releasing the fear of God into a situation when you prophesy the vision of the Lord. How do you know that? Well, the next line in Isaiah 11, um, verse verse 1 through 7, as you read through that, that passage, it says that Jesus did not judge by the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear, but he judged with the gift of true discernment. Okay, so we've talked a lot about Jesus and how he functioned, what his operating system was. That, what that scripture means is Jesus did not judge by the natural eye or the natural ear. He didn't look at this, Paul didn't look at the slave girl and said, oh, she likes me. She's saying something nice. No, Paul did what Jesus did. Jesus judged with the gift of true discernment. Discernment is Holy Spirit vision, Holy Spirit knowing, Holy Spirit connection, and your life comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen? My God, I mean, 
you could be the most powerful force in your city, in your region, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, when you're called to Russia, China, India, whatever it is, wherever the Lord calls you, whenever you realize that when you discern according to the Spirit, you are made the army of the Lord. Right. And that's what I, I, I'm imploring you guys, that when you embrace the gift of tongues, this pure language, then the pure river, the, the spirit of revelation, the release of the vision of the Lord comes upon your heart and makes you supernatural. You begin to judge the way Jesus judged. Right. OK, let me just pause here for a minute, because a lot of people say, well, don't judge, don't judge. The Bible says don't judge. Well, no, the context of Jesus saying don't judge was with, with respect to improperly interacting with people and judging them guilty instead of innocent, okay? How do I interact with people? I interact with thousands of people a year, okay? I prophesy over thousands of people a year. How do I do it? I judge according to righteous discernment. What does that mean? I don't look at people in their current state. I look at them according to the vision of the Lord in what the Lord views them and what he is going to do to deliver them. What they really are in Christ, what the what they are called to be in Christ, what they're called to do in Christ, how they're called to be healed, restored, delivered, because I'm seeing through the eyes of Christ. I'm seeing people through the blood of Christ Right, So they're, if they're forgiven, the Lord is, has a telescope that he lets me look at people's hearts through that telescope, right? The spirit of truth. I am connected to the heavenly heart of Christ and I get to prophesy their future. I get to prophesy and connect their heart and draw them into what the Lord says they are instead of what the world has limited and defined them. It doesn't matter what the world has done. Once the Lord speaks, that darkness has no chance, right? I'm literally teaching you prophecy. These last two or three meetings, I'm teaching you the power of the prophetic to confront the demonic and deliver people from the limitation and the false identity that the world puts on them, okay? The telos, the command of the Lord, is what the Holy Spirit reveals to me when I prophesy over somebody, and guess what? I get to see demons cast out. I get to see people fall and weep as brokenness and shame and the lies of, of being rejected and all that stuff literally is washed away by the spirit of truth who imparts and breaks down the walls of a person's heart that they use to self-protect and, and keep themselves from getting hurt. I get to speak through those walls and pull on that person's heart, imparting life to them. That's why they weep. That's why they cry. That's why they there are demons cast out of people, right? That's how Paul describes the church as a as a as a properly functioning church in the in the in First Corinthians 14. Um verse 24 and 25, it talks about that when the prophetic speaks into the hearts of the of the, of a person who just comes into the body right it says they fall down weep they cry they're like oh my gosh i felt truth for the first time in their life to the spirit of truth that says i have a purpose and a call that i'm loved right that's a supernatural impartation of the holy spirit 
That's what breaks the yoke of darkness. That's what breaks the yoke of, of the demonic realm is the spirit of truth. Okay? So in order to prophesy in that authority and power under the um you know, under the authority of Christ, speaking what he is showing you in vision, um, you've got to know the spirit of truth. You've got to know him so profoundly in your prayer life that what happens in your prayer life is what br you bring to the kitchen table, what you bring to the church uh sanctuary, what you bring to the street when you prophesy over somebody, what you bring to the nation whenever the Lord sends you there, right? One, one guy who has spiritual discernment is is an army because they walk with the Lord. The Lord is present and he he literally makes you a supernatural creature. Amen. And so I just I want to emphasize um, really a final point here um, as as we get into um, the final section of this today um, in Mark 16. Um, when a believer is awakened, remember Jesus walked through the wall. He sits down at the table. This is after he was resurrected in uh, Mark 16. Um, and in John, uh, I believe it's verse or chapter 20, Jesus walks through the wall and he finds the disciples in unbelief, shaking in fear, right? And he literally sits at the table with them and says, no, 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 guys, unbelief is not part of my kingdom. He says, you are called to go into the world, preach the gospel, right? The Spirit of God, He breathes on the Holy Ghost, He breathes the Holy Ghost on them. And He says, These signs will follow you. In my name, you will cast out demons, you will pray in tongues, you will take up serpents. And if you drink anything deadly, it will not hurt you. And when you lay hands on people, lay hands on the sick, they will be recovered. The supernatural will follow you everywhere you go, okay? And one of the aspects here, when Jesus says take up serpents, a lot of people completely misunderstand the concept of taking up serpents, okay? You know, I used to live in West Virginia, and the joke was, do you want to go to one of those churches to see <laughs> to see um, where they handle the rattlesnakes? And they think that if you don't get bit, you have faith. But if you get bit you're there you got a problem you, there's a curse there's something bad happening you and that is so far from the truth it's not even funny jesus is talking in the spiritual context when he says take up serpents he's talking about entering the fight he's talking about entering the war he's talking about you don't have a choice guys he's talking about the fact that there are demons there are principalities there are powers there are rulers of darkness and if you think that you're going to get through life just by you know you keep your own life the way it is and they won't bother you no no you don't understand they are meant to kill steal and destroy you and they are meant to kill steal and destroy and keep the rest of the people around you deaf dumb and blind in the spirit and if they can keep you deaf dumb and blind to what you really are in Christ to the telos, to, the, to what the Spirit of Truth says of you, His commands that He wants to reveal to you and His people, then you remain a slave and a victim. You remain a gardener in a war when you're called by Christ prophetically to be a warrior in the garden. So you are actually called to take up serpents. You are called 
to enter the fight. You are called to pray and to fast. You are called to enter and engage the the war in such a way that you fall in love in your absolute dependence of the Holy Spirit. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, he gives you wisdom and revelation and you become the warrior. You become the called one. You become one who knows their purpose and intent in in life because the Lord through dreams and visions in his relationship with you grants you revelation. He imparts to you. He builds you as you build yourself up in your most holy prayer language. You are literally imparted. You are made a skyscraper, right? We talked about that two or three sessions ago. You are made a supernatural force in the landscape of this earth. And this and this demonic powers will fear your coming. They will fear you. Why? I mean, I've told stories of, you know, the Lord sending me places and giving me specific uh, knowledge, words of knowledge, prophecies, giving me uh, the names of principalities that I am to pray against when I go to certain regions of the United States or in India. And, and literally, there is an outpour, there is deliverance that happens in the people when I pray or prophesy what the Lord tells me to prophesy. Okay, I am not scriptural dependent. I am Holy Ghost dependent. I learn from the scripture, the love letter. I learn from it, but I want the real thing. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the spirit of truth, Jesus Christ. I want to walk with him. I want to talk with him. I want to hear his voice. I want revelation. I want the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. Okay. And so you got to have the right perspective biblically and and what the Bible is intended to reveal, ultimately, that you don't become Bible dependent, you are ultimately to become Holy Ghost dependent. Amen? Because truth is spiritual. Truth is what the Lord is saying in the moment. Right? Man alone with the Bible can twist it any way he wants. There's all kind of denominations and, and limitations that are based on something that is true. I believe the Bible is 100% true. But man taking the Bible without the Holy Spirit literally imprisons people, okay? There's only one thing that liberates people, and that is the Spirit of God. That's Second Second Corinthians um, chapter 3, I think it's verse 4 through 6. The Spirit of God gives life. The letter alone kills. Look it up. You should look it up. You should actually wrap your mind around the fact that you need the Holy Ghost to such a degree and that you are willing to sit your Bible down and thirst and pray and fast in, in, a, in a heart cry of need for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your life literally depends on embracing the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the one gift that Jesus said he was going to send. It is the one gift, literally, the only gift that Jesus gave after the cross was the Holy Ghost. And it was a command. Stay here. Stay in the city. Luke, Luke 24, 49. Stay. Do not try to do it on your own. Do not try to walk on this earth as your own. Do not try to even perceive truth on your own. You, the, Your enemy is more powerful than you alone. You are a victim of the earth without the Holy Spirit. After the years of going around the world and doing these different things, that's the punchline 
And that's why I am so in love with the Holy Ghost, because it has become so simple in my it, it has not become more complicated. It has become absolutely simple. I need the Holy Ghost to speak. I need him to tell me the next thing. I need him to to reveal the situation. People who appear to be saying something that is true. What's really going on, Holy Spirit? Because I'm dumber than a box of rocks on my own. I can't do this on my own. And that's the essence of this, guys. You alone are dumber than a box of rocks. And the degree of pride functioning in your life versus humility is directly related to your prayer life. If you tell me about your prayer life, I can very quickly probably identify quickly the degree of pride functioning in your life. And you you may say, well, that's pretty arrogant. You don't even know me. No, I've done this enough to know this. That scripture that I taught you last time about Isaiah 28, verse 9 to 11, when the Lord says, I will teach the rebel with a stammering lip and another tongue, I will teach you in a humiliating way, right? I will teach you in a way that requires you to humble your heart and rely on me because truth can only be received in the spirit of God. I am the giver of truth, says the Lord, not you. You can't simply take a scripture or a certain situation and say you have discernment because that's not discernment. Discernment is a spiritual impartation from the Lord. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, it lines up to the Bible or it doesn't. Listen, I just gave you a bunch of examples that appeared to be true. And you can sit there and say, well, if it lines up with the Bible, it's true. That's not true, guys. That is not true. Okay? Jesus stood in front of the Pharisees who knew exactly what the Bible said in John 5. He stood in front of them. And he says, you guys think you're spiritual. You guys search the scripture because you think life is in the scripture. He says, you can't see me standing in front of you. That's John 5, 38, 39, and 40. Read it. You should read the whole, the whole passage in context. Because Jesus is revealing truth is spiritual. He's saying, you guys, you Pharisees, you, you not only memorized the Bible, you spoke a propaganda using the Bible that weighed men down, put extra requirements on them, manipulated people. You even have forced a temple tax that you can't get in the door without paying your temple tax, we call it today a tithe. But if you listen to the pastor who stands up there and manipulates you and says, oh, you got to pay, you got to pay, you got to pay. It's If you don't, you're going to be sent to hell, right? It says, bring your tithe into the storehouse or you're going to be sent to hell. That's called manipulation. It's demonic. It is absolutely demonic. Well, you, you, you say, well, how do you know that, Dave? Well, listen, Jesus called the Pharisees who used the Bible to manipulate men through propaganda. He called them vipers. He said, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus did exactly what Paul did in Acts 16. Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. You should read this, Matthew 23, in the whole context. He's at war with the demonic. He's at war with the men 
the Pharisees who made themselves appear righteous because of the scripture that they touted, but the propaganda, the manipulation was actually to enslave and constrict the people. And Jesus said, you put heavy weights on men using scripture. Okay. This would be a absolutely great time for you guys to literally sit down and ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, I'm probably going to be overwhelmed, but give me the top three things. Literally sit down and say, Holy Spirit, give me the top three things that have confined me, manipulated me, associated with my perception of church and what I need to do to be saved versus what I need to receive to be saved. <laughs> you catching that, guys? Because it's not about achievement and doing. That's part of the propaganda. If you are pressured into executing and doing on your own to achieve righteousness, that's a lie. That's false. Jesus said the greatest Christian is actually the one who receives. He actually said, go and wait and receive the Holy Spirit. Go and wait and receive revelation. Receive, 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 receive. Is there any work in receiving? other than you setting your heart to receive, to literally embrace what the Lord is saying, what the Spirit is saying to you, to the church, to the body, to the world, what the Spirit of God is saying. Because there's there's one thing that I found to be true every in my, in my 15 years of doing this. It's not that Jesus is not speaking. It's that you are not listening, Okay. And spiritual blindness and heaviness um, is really about a religious context or and a demonic intent to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit. He is fearful of you literally being able to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I want to I want to just want to close today with uh, you know taking you back to Ephesians one seventeen. Paul prayed that you would be granted with the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would be granted to know Jesus Christ personally because in Christ, in the spirit of revelation, you have power over every demonic power, every demonic authority, every demonic whispering, every false identity, every evil thing that came from the world directly and even came through perverted, manipulated religion, okay? Whether it's Buddhism, um, Taoism, uh, whether it's Catholicism, I mean, let's just look at Catholicism. I mean, shoot, dude, I've preached for, for, for days on Catholicism. You mean you're going to go into a, you have to go confess your sin to a priest and he, he actually gives you penance. He gives you, well, okay, this one's, you got to do 88 Hail Marys. Um, and you have to do these 10 things and then we call it good. What? You know what Jesus did when he met the disciples in their unbelief? He breathed on them freely and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive your freedom. You don't have to work for your freedom. You don't, you don't have to literally work. But listen, guys, I just feel the Lord on this in this moment that he wants to deliver some people from dead works, from demonic deception and constriction that you willingly embraced. You thought it was the right thing, but it, the Lord has been revealing to you in the last 40, 50 minutes that um, you are actually a victim and imprisoned through the false theology and lies that came 
in what appeared to be righteous from a Bible, but manipulated by men with an, with an intent to put uh, guilt on you, shame on you, condemnation on you. I just release um, in the name of Jesus the grace of the Holy Spirit to deliver you, to heal you. Um, I break down every wall of separation um, according to the grace of Jesus Christ, um, that you are no longer bound by sin. You are no longer bound by dead religion, by chains, by prison doors. Um, but I release the blood of Christ upon you that you are healed, that your soul is healed. Um, I just repent before you for every dead work that a pastor willingly or unwillingly there hey guys there's a lot of pastors that don't know this that don't know the degree of embrace of the holy spirit they were brought up in dead systems and they're just imparting upon you what they think is the right way but it causes a lot of people pain so i'm not condemning them i'm praying that they would be saved as well i mean i have i have prayed i've seen thousands and thousands of pastors baptized in the holy ghost and when they get up off the floor, they start to cry because the Holy Spirit starts to reveal and give them freedom from the lies that they thought were true because they were taught what they thought were biblical concepts, but were actually imprisoning. Many of you struggle with the same thing. Many of you struggle with um, the, the false perceptions and the lies that were imparted to you from tradition and, and uh, denominational Christianity that forced you into achieving and meeting the standard instead of simply receiving the Holy Spirit. And um, I just release a grace on you for healing. Um, I just see scales falling off of people's eyes right now, walls crumbling um, that have been around your hearts. I just, I just release the grace of freedom and empowerment of the Holy Ghost. I just decree in the days ahead that uh, you will hear the command of the Spirit, the telos. You will hear the Lord speak to you in dreams and visions, and the prophetic anointing is going to come upon you in a greater uh, way in the days, weeks, and months ahead. And uh, you, the dream of the Lord is going to bring deliverance to your life. It's going to bring deliverance to your family. It's going to bring deliverance um, to the people around you. And I just decree that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Um, and the devil cannot hold you because the Lord is calling you close in this hour. He's calling you. He's giving you a heart of prayer, a heart of thirst and hunger, um, a heart of humility to cry out in the night in his prayer language that the spirit of revelation would be drawn from the Father and imparted to you in supernatural ways, making you supernatural. Lord, I pray for every person hearing that the supernatural creature that's locked inside of them um, would be opened by the sword of the Spirit. In the night hour, Lord, let your voice speak to their settled heart. Lord, I pray and dream that visions will increase, Lord, as they give their time to the Lord to wake up in the morning and pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray in, in the name of Jesus, Lord, um, and call the people listening. They are warriors in a garden who will cast out devils, heal the sick, take up serpents, pray in tongues, and even drink poison and not be harmed. They are supernatural. I just release that grace upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, it's been awesome. Um, I encourage you to 
to keep listening the lord i got a lot more material on on this uh concept of wisdom filled warriors um and uh, already looking forward to next week hope hope to see you there and have a great week thank you thank you for joining this week's episode of the school of the holy spirit for more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.